ahead. Make my day. cartridge audio my name is trevor strunk hagelbun on twitter and i'm really happy to have with us today uh donald borenstein uh yeah stein yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um i'll leave that in because it's it, as we were talking about before the yeah. the podcast there's nothing that can help you remember a name better a name pronunciation better than pure humiliation uh <laughs> donald borenstein who is on twitter at uh, I'm, I'm sure all of you follow him but if you don't you should uh boring b-o-r-a-n-g uh stein s-t-e-i-n um donald thanks so much for being on yeah. Trevor. thanks thank you so much for having me this is this is great um oh, absolutely yeah uh I'm, I'm i'm really excited i uh i've i'm happy to bring my obsession with extremely bad licensed games into into the fray here um, it's, <laughs> yeah so we're, yeah. we're talking about licensed games today which is actually i i think uh you sent me like a bunch of topics and that was one of the ones that really stood out to me um so I, i'm sure we'll hear which licensed games but what about licensed games um, and, and for, for those of you listening that don't know, licensed games are like when, I don't know, uh, it happened a lot more in the old days, uh, but when a movie, like a big deal movie came out or like a cartoon show came out, a video game would come out as well. And usually, um, as Donald has sort of <laughs> alluded to, it would be really bad. Um, this time, I, I guess we're going to be talking about the bad ones and I don't know if we're going to be talking about the good ones as well. There are a few, uh, but yeah, what about... Couple. Yeah, I mean, there's like uh, the the what the Chronicles of Riddick game and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but what what about licensed games kind of piques your interest so much? I guess for me, like it's actually the same reason why I, I had the same like macabre interest in bad movies of video games. It's this weird effect that happens when you try to translate something, you know, to a different medium while not while ideally like not changing what makes that special. You know, and that and that's yeah. almost always a fucking disaster because it's, I mean, you know, for all the comparisons we get with like, you know, oh, the, you know, games like Uncharted are so cinematic or, you know, or, or, or the, you know, are so rich and like, you know, dr- dramatic and, and this weird striving towards that, at least that we had for a while. Thank God. I think we're finally past that. But, um, yeah, right. <laughs> there, there, you can't get much different from like an, you know, a controlled, experience where you're like showing a very specific point of view in film versus uh you know giving someone a controller and some some really uh shitty you know point of view controls and saying oh well i guess you you control how this looks now it's like it's it's kind of interesting i can't remember who it was who was talking on twitter about this like last year sometime but someone was talking about comedy in games in general and one thing that occurred to me with that is that the big challenge there is you don't have uh the the, like the camera changes as much in games mm. the way you have with film and similarly like you know when it comes to you know adapting something from you know tv or, mo- or movies to a game or you know in the weird case i guess you know of the witch or a book um you you take that very distinct perspective and instead give it to a seven-year-old kid who really <laughs> just wants to feel cool and that's right that's that's the interesting part to me is that if, if these movies that are usually adapted are already trying to make you feel cool, like the ones that get adaptations are stuff like Star Wars or like, you know, those fucking Transformer movies or whatever, or that shit. 
Yeah. Um, well, those ones always get adapted. The weirder ones are when like very niche games get adapted. Like the first really crappy licensed game I remember from from growing up is I went to Blockbuster back when I was like I guess like four or five and okay uh, rented for Super Nintendo the Blues Brothers Super Nintendo <laughs> platformer. Such a classic. Which, which it, it it had it's it's from that wonderful era in the in the 90s where like every single thing that got adapted was made into a side scrolling platformer regardless of what the source material was um you know oh, yeah so and every every game had like the same enemies you'd fight right. i mean not literally but like you'd end up fighting like the blues brothers would end up fighting i don't know goblins or well, that like, that that was it weird was like bouncing little, slimes. They were they were like sort of yeah they were like kind of like sort of goblinish Smurf kind of things, and you basically just jumped around on like nondescript platforms, grabbing records while like MIDI versions of blue, of songs the Blues Brothers covered, you know, would, <laughs> would, would would play in the background, and so you've got so many layers of like regurgitation going on there because the Blues Brothers themselves, of course, like you know, weren't actually anything but like. This weird, you know, mix between like parody and like tribute to, you know, a bunch of, you know, to the great like blues artists of like the, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah. And at their best, they they were really they kind of like recognized that like in the movie, there's this there's a a tension there between like you think they're they, they are very cool protagonists, but also it's like they're clearly not super. They're not totally authentic blues men like there's there's that tension and that's what makes the movie funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course, no, exactly. no such nuances in this in, was in this. Um, what? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's it it, it 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 was. It really just sacrificed all that for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the idea of, of of adapting the Blues Brothers too because it wasn't like a new movie. Like yeah. you, you look back to old source. It's like the California Raisins video game. Like what what in the world were people thinking? Like why did they kind of reach back? Like you could have done. Well, I guess they did do the last action hero. You're right. Like every single game ever was made. Every single movie ever was made into a video game in that period of time. I guess that's why they needed yeah. it. They needed some new franchise game. Right, and it it wasn't considered you know legitimate in in a way without you know as it was because like there were like you know a couple games people cared about and then the rest were like well you have this like you know four hundred dollar computer that can do one thing sitting in your living room and uh, nothing to put on it. So <laughs> right. And it, it, it's it's just like, and it was like, it's also that weird point where, you know, parents I guess were probably also suddenly realizing the magic allure of video games being a stand-in for parenting. Um, right. <laughs> at that yeah. point, well, no, yeah, I mean, it's like, definitely, and they're 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 better than cartoons because they can keep their attention better. They're endless. I mean, I know I know for me, I I would just like you know sit there and for for hours just try to do the same shit over and over again, which probably speaks more to me as a person than. I, yeah, it doesn't else. doesn't sound totally un, i mean it sounds completely relatable to me as well so like, i hear you. I, I was i was i was i was uh, yesterday i i went through before this site and dug out some of my old like gamecube and super nintendo games and found like the license with a headline around one of the ones i had was simpsons hit and run and when i was a teenager i think more than the actual game itself what i became like most interested in was the fact that it was very glitchy and very easy to break so i spent like I think hours as like a sixth grader trying to use the cheat code that would make your char jump so I could jump off of the map and into the giant toilet in Springfield uh, that they have by the power plant. <laughs> so I mean, but like nice. that, I think, it, yeah. I, but I digress because I think I've lost entirely the the, the point of what I was go, trying to go for here, which what for okay. me make, makes me really interested in these is just that struggle to try to simulate 
what made a you know what what really captures people's imaginations about these original properties, you know. And I don't I don't I, there are some that succeed. I think the ones that succeed are the ones that don't try to hit note for note what happened in you know what they're adapting, but rather try to capture the spirit of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think like there was uh, the one I'm thinking of now. There, there is something else that that I just want to mention this, but there's something else that, in what you're saying that I don't want to lose, and, and maybe I'll just allude to it here, which is that um, a lot of these uh, movies, it, it, fascinating thing about like the reenactments of the, or the the recreations of these movies, excuse me, in video games, like the movies a lot of them that were made into video games weren't good. Like they no. weren't enjoyable <laughs> movies, which is another complication. And speaking of like a, a movie that's not very good in retrospect, Batman Forever was this way. I actually liked the Super Nintendo Batman Forever. It was funky. It was mm-hmm. fun though. It was a lot of it was like yeah. a fun little beat 'em up, yeah. And and the fun part about it, so beat 'em ups were the other thing that you made yeah. movies into games about. Uh, Power Rangers was another one that I remember. because uh, that came out with the movie, not with the show. Right. But the um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the reason Batman Forever was fun was because it you could uh, basically craft tools. Like, there was a tool crafting mechanic in there. And that was so... And not, you know, very primitive. It was mostly just about experience and, and stuff like that. But um, that was kind of the soul of what made that movie interesting, if anything, was that, like, in the Val Kilmer Batman, it was just all about gadgets. Like, gadgets right. forever. And um, that's... That's interesting because I, I and that's again like going to that you know spirit of it like again it's a shitty movie and it's again probably a pretty pretty boring game but it it got what made it special by doing that and I, I guess the other thing that reminds me of that is uh I don't know if you remember Enter the Matrix from from you know back in like the this actually came up a uh, one that's not quite out yet but I talked with um I don't know if you know uh, Illy Boshin on um on, yeah on yeah yeah yeah, yeah great. you know Illy yeah, we, yeah I talked to him a little while back and uh, that'll come out fairly soon but the uh, he actually mentioned Enter the Matrix. It's another game which he thought was like kind of charming in its own way and and reflected the the spirit of the movie. Um, it, it it did, it, it, and that's like partially because how fucking clunky it was. It felt mm-hmm. it felt uh, it's yeah. It was amazing. Like you know they they spent, made this whole deal of you know having this huge budget on like you know getting actual actors and motion caption software, and the result you got was it felt as clunky as a Wachowski movie usually feels. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I, I, I love. I love the Wachowskis. I, 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 Speed Racer is like a masterpiece in my mind. I've heard it's that. Like, I've heard that. I need to see that. It's an absolutely batshit insane, um, uh, you know, just like three, three hour live action cartoon in uh, which John Goodman just like squeezes himself into a very tight suit. Um, cool. it's, 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 it's wonderful. But I, I guess for me, like what I, what I meant to go with that for that was in that there was like this whole weird, like, pretty useless hacking minigame in that uh, Illy Bush probably mentioned that like it didn't actually do much except unlock some shitty like weapons or like side thingies but like that felt really cool the idea like of being like oh wow I'm actually hacking when you know you're not you're not really doing anything but right of course you're, you're still capturing the the, ima- the imaginative spirit that was behind that um but I guess the question that really comes comes with this as we're looking at these is like are people actually trying to capture that spirit or is it more just, you know, the same impulse that drives making these games, which is just the desire to produce at such a rate that the, you know, instability of capitalism will not keep up. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And I mean, that was, that was such a, I mean, that, that period of time was so different than our own where like, you know, I'm thinking about games that could do those mini aspects. I'm thinking about, um, 
uh, NetHack or um, oh, I wrote about it, but now I can't remember. But there are, there are a number of hacking yeah. simulators out there. Uh, Quadrilateral uh, Cowboy, which I haven't played yet, is supposed to be really good for that though. What's that again? Uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy, the the one oh, by the guy okay. who made like uh, I I can't remember what it's called the uh, Thirty Flights of Loving or whatever it was. Oh, okay. It's this weird. It's this weird little. It's this weird uh, little indie game that like the whole premise is it like the hacking is the main mechanic, but it's like it's styled after like hackers and like those like mid nineties like you know fake hacking kind of culture things, which is pretty neat actually. I, I again I haven't played it, so I have no actual idea. No, I totally hear you. I mean, yeah. like the, the these these hacking games are really fun. Like they're they're yeah. they're unique. They're kind of like specific. I, I don't know. They're really really cool. But one of the reasons they're so cool is because they are this extraordinarily specific thing that you can kind of like mess around with, and that can happen now in like the Steam marketplace where oh you know aha, all right like in the Steam marketing uh, Steam marketplace there could be a million. Um, tiny games that indie devs make and they put them up on steam and they get approved or whatever and uh maybe they sell maybe they don't like the, tons of tiny little risks uh, you know greater and lesser of course can be made throughout um but like when the light like the the heyday of licensed games i mean you're talking about a period of time where like i don't know five or six games came out for a system a month maybe which is actually quite a pace but yeah. you'd also see you'd also end up seeing like previews for all these games in nintendo power or whatever game pro or whatever you're playing for months ahead of time and hype would build up even for like the dumbest of all possible games so like you'd be hearing about i remember getting vhs's sent to me about like the the upcoming aladdin game um oh my god you know i remember i remember that one in particular like that one that one was uh that i actually i think i remember being pretty excited for that one as well and it was i was i I remember they like really promoted a lot that was like, yeah, it was super, super highly promoted. No, but that that and that they made they tried to make it into the similar kind of event the you know movies themselves are, and that's that to me is, is really is, is fascinating because it's it's it like it, I guess it showed how how little people got about what made games you know magical for for people at that point. Like you know, people you know I guess the idea was oh wow there's this new thing you can do with your time, and I guess we'll throw this thing on it. Which isn't, right. you know, it, it it doesn't really lend itself obviously to to any kind of thing resembling quality, but well, and it's a it's a very American impulse, like uh, yeah, you know, this is a this is a Japanese kind of like, especially in the heyday of Nintendo. I mean, this is like a very Nintendo in a lot of ways, especially in well, maybe even still, but like especially in like the early sort of iterations of it, it's like this extremely Japanese company that is inserted into the American consciousness. So like, yeah, games like Mario. Um, and like some of the early like even like the first final fantasy stuff like that there are these tendencies that i think like were very foreign and different to american audiences that were charming because they were so unexpected so different so strange um and like those games kept being really interesting those were the ones you know if anyone thinks about super nintendo they think about star fox or uh super mario world or chrono trigger or final the final fantasy games or f-zero or whatever right there's a million games you could list very few of them are like these sort of like american cash-in games um and i liked aladdin honestly to, to go back to oh, that yeah. but like it's not a game it's it's there but it's like it's kind of like well that was a fun game i guess the real games that you kind of like remember are the ones that had this kind of um uh what's the word Th- they had a sort of spirit to them that i think 
the people who sort of saw video games as like, okay, we can get into this business in the 90s didn't get, but that people who kind of grew up on those games and are now creating games do get. Right. But and I think I think that's 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 something that's fascinating. And you saw you saw people like come close to that at points. I think I think one of the ones that like for me is the interesting most interesting. I guess the one I want to think of is like almost a test case for that era of those licensed games that we talk about here. Are do you remember the Super Star Wars games? Yes, I do. Oh my god, yeah. I I, I the, the, the the most unnecessarily hard games you can imagine um, for. <laughs> And I, I spent, I think I spent more time playing them than like any of the games except for like, you know, Super Mario World or something, because I just fucking mm-hmm. loved Star Wars as a kid, because, you know, I am, you know, just indistinguishable from every other kid growing up in Serbia. I mean, I love, the past you know, 30 I'm, years. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not that too. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, we're, we're all that. We, we, we all, we all come from the same general demographic. We're, we're, we're on a podcast talking about video games. Of course we fucking like Star Wars at that age. Yeah, of course. I mean, I should have someone on here who doesn't like Star Wars and see how they're... That would, that would be, that would be good, you know? Just make them sit through all, all the all the Star Wars games that have been made and just truly hate it. Um, but I have, to, I have to find that person who doesn't like Star Wars first. If you don't like Star Wars, please come forward. Show yourself. Yeah. After we're all done yelling at you, you can come <laughs> on my podcast. We um, But yeah, so we... The, what I love about these games is they're, first of all, as wildly inaccurate as it gets. The Super Star Wars games, for those who haven't checked them out, and I guess I guess they're, they're worth like looking at very briefly on YouTube. Not actually playing. They're, they're pretty bad games, honestly. But um, they reiterate... Until, people who I'm don't... Sorry. I mean, this is like... I'm sorry. I'm totally... I'm totally uh, 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 interrupting you, but like for people who were not born before or not really aware before the uh the kotor era like before knights of the old republic the idea of a good star wars game was like mythical oh, yeah there was jedi knight but like and like maybe x-wing versus tie fighter but they were kind of niche they were like not actually good on their own terms as a video game they were you had to get like a joystick for it for the for the x for you know the x-wing versus tie fighter i think right yeah yeah to, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was you know it's not it before coder came out like the idea of like playing like i, I know like the force um oh what was that game called the force uh unleashed, unleashed yeah um that, that was like it came to mixed reviews if a game like that had come out that was that well sort of constructed oh, it, like, probably, their, it deserved its mixed yeah. reviews but if it came out in 1997 it oh, would have man. been an all-time classic well it, it did that the thing is it did come out in 1997 shadows of the empire came out in 1997 and oh, that's a bad fucking case, game huh? No, it's, no, it's a bad game. It's a, it's, I'm I, not going to make but, a case to defend it. But I loved it. I played the whole thing. Oh, and no, like, absolutely. I, yeah. I didn't have an N64, but I, like, went over to, to a friend's house, like, every day for, like, three weeks to just play that and ignore them entirely because I was a shitty little kid. But it's, uh, sure, it's um, <laughs> you know, that it, even though it was so clunky, that still, it, it still cause it told a story like that simulated how Star Wars stories felt and had, you know, that, that snow speeder level that actually felt like you were flying a snow speeder. That, that, you know, it, it captured that, that was magic. The, that was the level. That was the good level. Yeah. The and that's, level, yeah. And that's why I think the Super Star Wars games worked for, you know, kids or even at the same level, like, you know, I guess even adults there who played it because while it adapted the you know, original trilogy to be the story of Luke Skywalker committing uh, genocide across the planet of Tatooine, basically just like literally murdering <laughs> kill, Jawas, killing everyone. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's a side-scrolling platformer, like platformer shooter, or whatever. But like, 
you just kill everything in this endless supply of Jawas. These, you know, friendly little traders, you know, in the game who, you know, you bargain with and are clearly sentient. You just like slaughter them and then come, then you go into the sand uh, crawler and just like absolutely fuck shit up in there. And then you single-handedly like wipe out the Empire's forces. Like you are, you are just like a one-man killing machine and probably the greatest <laughs> scourge that gal- the galaxy has faced. And, yeah, uh, no, you're far more seriously dangerous than, say, like, Darth Vader is. Yeah, no, Darth Vader's just this fucking, like, little sprite that's, like, twirling his lightsaber like he's a, like he's a French aristocrat <laughs> in the 1800s, you know, trying to, trying to castigate you for using the wrong fork. And, 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 you're-, <laughs> and you're this killing machine, you know, with, like, a heat-seeking blaster and, like, you know, <laughs> and it, 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 it's, it's, it's just weird, like... The way that in order to replicate that feel of heroism that the Star Wars movies give you, instead of, say, trying to craft something that, like, you know, speaks to the spirit of adventure with it, it's like, okay, we have to make your character all-powerful. And that's still true, I think, even in the good Star Wars games. Even in, you know, Jedi Knight, even in Kodor, you know, yes, while there are, you know, in those games there are options to not kill things you talk to, I guess. Um, The the, the big (laughs) appeal of them... The big selling point in those games is you get to be a Jedi. You get to finally feel that power that you've always sat there in your seat watching and wishing you right. could feel that power. Now right, we're going to exactly. simulate that and give you that false, that false uh, hope and, 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 and taste of, of being able to do that. And that is, I think, something that, like, it, 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 as you were saying before, like, you know, licensed games are at the heart of American garbage. Uh, because they they are they do speak to this you know desire to just keep pumping out content until um, and in hopes that the the darkness at your back that will that will claim us all will not catch up to you <laughs> until you have cashed out. Um, it won't it won't but, catch me until I've until I've finally found the meaning behind playing all these Star Wars games. Yeah, it won't. I, it, I'm gonna it, do it. <laughs> I'm gonna be the one. Um, but it's, it's no, and it's, it's, it's really, uh, and that, that to me is, is fascinating. I think, I think that's what really all licensed games ideally want to do. Even the ones that are phoned in is, is capture that, that feeling that of whatever movie is a movie is supposed to give you. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why, I mean, so, you know, for, for those nineties platformers, because there's really only one way to interact with things at that point, because of the limited complexity of games that was always exerting actual physical force. Um, over something which is really yeah. fascinating but it's yeah. always weird like i think the weirdest thing about that though is games that like don't even have i'm trying to think of like so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna look up a list of licensed games because there are a course. number that i'm just forgetting like yeah I, I was doing the same thing like i'm i'm mostly pulling from personal experience on this there's so there there there's there's an impossibly large number of them and that's the thing that's weird is the idea that you're supposed to somehow be able to wade through all this and find find something, which is it's 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 somewhat daunting and, and depressing. Yeah, I mean the the one that I'm I'm immediate like there even games like Goonies, right? Like there was a Goonies yeah. game for for um, Nintendo, and like I don't know, like oh here's one, the Lawnmower Man. I mean, <laughs> was it for Virtual Boy? Please, someone was for Virtual Boy. Uh no I think I think the Lawnmower Man just came out on SNES but maybe oh, they, they did release it on Virtual Boy. They they fucked up there. I mean that would have that would been the one thing you'd use you should have like a Virtual Boy for is to yeah I would I would buy it. Um, <laughs> is there no and like let's see, I find let's it see. funny we're we're going through that shit again with VR like we 
went through that in the 90s, like people trying to say, oh, no, this can work. And now we've got more powerful computers and you can obviously, you know, do more with it. But it doesn't get over the fun, not to get off on a tangent, it doesn't get over the fundamental fact that you can't tangibly interact with anything. You, you, you will get, you will feel displaced no matter how immersive the technology. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, right. No, no, it's true. And I mean, like, I don't know, like, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if these, these instances are meant to, I don't know what it's meant to do. Like, you know, obviously on a certain level, right? Like we could think about, okay, there are licensed video games that attempt to capture, in their best version, they attempt to capture mm-hmm. what's like cool about the film in a video game. Yeah. And I can understand that. There's like, there's a way that, sure, like, um, the Star Wars games that work give you this chance to like feel what it is to to you know ride around on the Battle of of, of Hoth, yeah. um, or the you know people love the um, the Chronicles of Riddick game, mm-hmm. um, and like that sort of indicates the sort of like complexity and difficulty of escape and the odds are stacked against you like that that's what's cool about that movie, uh, so like in its at its oh the hacking and Under the Matrix I think is actually the best example. Like, you know, these are these are versions where, like, you understand what or the video game understands for some, in some way or another what um, you are, what you want from it, what you want from the movie. Mm-hmm. But then, like, there are these video games that, like, sure, there are some, like, that I don't understand why they were made. Like, uh, little I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and I can't believe some of the things I'm seeing, like, Little Nicky, the video game. Oh, my God. Uh, there, I, had, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I had existed. multiple Rugrats games for Game Boy, which were yep. all just god awful. Um, yeah, of course they were. Yeah. Last Action Hero, the video game. Like I said, they made that into a video game. There's uh, a three. I'm, I'm looking as well. And there's there's a Three Dark Stooges Man. video game. Oh, Dark Man. That's Sam. Wait, Sam Raimi's Dark Man had a game. <laughs> yeah. Which, that doesn't make. It was a Nintendo game. Um, Jeez. Wow. It was. It was. Uh, weird weird that's, that's bizarre but even even more so even going beyond further that like even where there's like the you know seeming attempt to try to to capture some spirit of it then you get to shit like uh like checks quest or or like or oh, like that yeah, annoyed sure. video game and you know while those might seem like craven cash-ins that are of a bygone era that they're still very much alive today and in fact really i guess like this is what point i was gonna get to later on but i think we just hop into it now is License people, I guess, might think that like these things have gone away as games have gotten more advanced as we've gotten more, um, you know, technolo- you know, technological capability, and like games are becoming something people generally more commit to as their chosen medium to engage with, um, rather than like something they do when they can't go to the movies or whatever. But you'd be wrong. I'd be I'd, I'd be wrong. No, you'd um, be but, wrong. Yeah. Uh, the the big thing with that is. Uh, if you look at the app store, like it, 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 the licensed game has taken on a very strange new form that's really cut out the middleman, and it, it, in the form of freemium games that like are mostly just like idle clickers or like you know, yeah. you know, thinly veiled excuses for mic- for cosmetic tra- microtransactions, and that 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 is, it's fascinating that they they still held a massive appeal too because. I mean, they're immensely popular, these kinds of games. Like, you know, like that, you know, I know. Oh, I mean, they make tons of money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was the Kim Kardashian one, which people told me was actually very well designed. Like, it had very good, you know, pretty, pretty snappy writing and like, you know, was fun and compelling. But I think it was still ultimately kind of like a, a, you know, a game where you could interact with it and then you had a timer to wait for things or you could pay for the timer to go away and et cetera. And 
it's still that same kind of of uh, you know weird weird tease, and I, and I don't I, and that almost undermines my theory. I think about you know games being able to capture what what makes what they're adapting great because it. If the, if those still hold an appeal, why um uh, why? <laughs> it's, yeah, if they're not and, offering and that like, same. There's a question effect. about like what the. I think this is so hard to talk about because like there's a, you know, the easiest way to say it is this is all nakedly capitalist. Oh yeah. Like the question of like okay so like why make a Hudson Hawk video game? Why make a Dirty Harry video game in 1990? Um, why make a Demolition Man video game? Yeah. Well, you make it because people will buy it because they, what you know there's there's even contemporary ones. There's um, yeah. R.I.P.D. the game, which I have to tell you, I'm oh, surprised man. was made. That's, I'm surprised any aspect of that entire production was made. I don't. Yeah, that, that's one of the things where you just like look if you like read through the Wikipedia page of its like pre-production and production. <laughs> I, I haven't done with that one, but like I guarantee, if you look through it, it's just a series of, of of you know different people at the helm of it, just immediately jumping ship as soon as they can to, yep. to take on something else. I mean, it's 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 it's, and I think that. That, but that is a good point. I think I think a lot of these games emerge from that same kind of mentality, of of an idle idea that's not bad enough to get shot down, mm-hmm. but not good enough to be done correctly. Yeah, and the, like the question becomes like, when you get to a certain like like a fourth or fifth cancellation stage or a fourth or fifth fifth switch in direction or whatever, like you, you start asking yourself, okay, like, what's the point of making a game out of? Um, and I'm just pulling from some others, but like, there's so many of them like this, like, um, the Rocketeer or, um, uh, uh, uh what was the one that I just saw? Days of Thunder. Um, which is funny. <laughs> I, um, I, I, at first, when you said that, I always do this. I confuse Days of Thunder with Days of Heaven and I got really oh, excited there. <laughs> no, no, just, I'm sorry. There's no Days Richard, of Heaven game. Just Richard Gere. Press, and there press, never will press be. A to look forlornly at the, at, at the, uh, at the bugs descending upon your crops <laughs> <laughs> but like these games <laughs> but no i mean actually you're, you're kind of close to it like where like these games that they're that uh, beetlejuice beetlejuice was the one i was yeah. looking at like these aren't these aren't violent ips like yeah there's sort of like action in the rocketeer and there's like you know racing in days of thunder and like the, you know all this stuff does exist but like these games aren't these games aren't video games in, in the sense yeah. that you'd want them to be like really the sort of like more conceptual forward thinking risk taking video game production of today seems to make more sense for licensed games than does the extremely high risk like cookie cutter version of Nintendo and Super Nintendo games but they, people just kept making them it 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 boggles my mind I don't understand it doesn't seem like a good business or artistic decision. No. It doesn't, and and the reason why I don't think you see the the qual- those games like being done like the big open world, with some exceptions, I think one of the I mean, like the the thing that comes to mind immediately is like the reason people aren't making those big games in like the in you know the big you know violent licensed games, you know, with a budget anymore is because first of all, video game franchises themselves are possibly more lucrative than adapting a film, but mm. more more than anything else is you have kind of this Tarantino effect of. You know, people who grew up on these things deciding they want to emulate them to the point of near brazen copying. Which I mean, I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. I think there's, I think there is merit to that. I think there is a lot of merit, like like taking something and like sort of, you know, in, in like a semi nostalgic way and like saying, I like this. I want to do something with this, and frequently nod to what I liked about things that did this in the past. Right. But 
And that's how you end up with things like, you know, like Just Cause 2, which is one of my favorite games of this, you know, general era, I guess, um, is, is just like, you know, the big, dumb 80s action movie game of your dreams. And, you know, that, but that's, you know, instead of being tied to a license, it's instead hitting the notes of all those games, um, providing the simulation that way. And that's, I think, what, you know, mostly it's moved towards is they've cut out the middlemen just tra- trying to emulate those notes of what makes things special you know instead of rather you know explicitly copying them word for word yeah. I, think, I think i think you know the people you know running these companies you know the bottom line effects got drilled into them enough that they gave up on the gave up on the concept mostly except for when it was very cost effective to do those tie-ins um but that's that I mean although i guess for the just cause example it's actually very funny i mentioned that because they have the same uh, developers who did that actually, I think, have maybe the best licensed game I've ever played. I, I don't, there's not enough to talk about it because it's it's really kind of hard to count it as a licensed game because it's like its own story. But the Mad Max game they made is actually phenomenal. Yeah, um, I've heard that. And it, it reminds me in some ways of the of the Lord of the Rings games, the the, the Shadow of Mordor games. Yeah, which yeah. Are versions of that too. Well, I, I'm not super into, into those ones because like that and the Batman ones, they all like feel like kind of like. Those ones in particular just feel kind of soulless, whereas like the Mad Max ones felt like it was it was weird in the Mad Max kind of way, like it felt lived in that same way as the universe. That makes but, sense. Yeah. 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 Let me ask you this then: What did you like so much about the Mad Max game? Like, why did it why did it uh, capture your attention so much? I guess because I I think I liked it for the reason like a lot of people actually hated it, which was it felt it felt almost you know, like the effect of of being trapped in this in this kind of grim, miserable post apocalyptic world. You know, yeah. but specifically the one Miller's created, like, you know, because it has all these weird, you know, somewhat deranged caricatures in it, like, you know, that 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 allude to the kinds of ones, you know, they, they had in the Road Warrior and, and in Fury Road and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, it captures that spirit, even though it's telling a completely different story and you're interacting with it in a totally different way than the movie interacts with the character, you know, because the, the Mad Max movies, you know, aren't about Mad Max. Which is very interesting. That much, he's always like a peripheral character in any given story in those films. That's pretty but true, actually. In, yeah. in the in the game, you are Mad Max, always focused on him, and and as a relatively silent character as well. So it's interesting they're able to capture the effect, even though it's a completely different perspective on it. Um, it's also cool because you can drive cars into things and make them blow up, <laughs> as well, as, you... as Gramsci famously said. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you sort of you sort of hit it on it there, which is like there is this there's this quality that combination, right? That combination doesn't really hit in those early licensed games where like maybe you get an element of the game that really hits on some level of like what the what the movie was good at or what the movie was interested uh interesting uh like why right uh yeah. or maybe you get some interesting uh gameplay like i i remember playing and they, i mean they weren't great but i remember playing the uh the super star wars games and they were at least kind of like fun platformers compared yeah. compared to some of the other licensed platformers which were just like unbelievably clunky and unfun at least super super star wars had like some enjoyable elements um but like what you're what you're explaining with mad max is this like sort of it's this form and content mix where like it is the form of it represents what you feel about Mad Max and the content's really fun. Yeah. Like it's that it's that latter point where you're just like, and you could drive cars into stuff and they explode. Like that's not to be too glib, but that seems to be like just as important. Right. Um, in some ways. It, it is. And that, that reminds me also of it. Again, I went through all this, my old, my old, I dusted off all my shit yesterday. 
and I, I broke out a game I thought would actually be garbage uh, revisiting it these days, but it holds up surprisingly well. Um, the Spider-Man 2 game they made that's a Grand Theft Auto clone. But oh, okay. Everything about it is actually pretty bad. It's it's clunky. You know, the walking controls are almost unusable. Um, when you crawl on walls, it's it's it you it suddenly shifts to a very subjective camera. So the camera moves like at a one to one ratio to wherever your body's positioned, and it's absolutely nauseating. Um, <laughs> I was I was actually like incredibly high while I was playing yesterday, and I Good, tried. It sounds like you'd have to be. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I but I, so I tried recording myself playing it. It's like like thoughts I could like throw in here for fun and. And like I, 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 I didn't send it to you because I, I think all I just basically said was Ugh, while I was trying to <laughs> trying to navigate that. But it does one thing and only one thing. Actually, no, two. It does two things really right. Uh-huh. The first thing it does really right is it has all these random little events, and this is like the less important thing for sure. It has all these little, you know, the way it works is it's all these little random events around the city happening at given times and often they're on, on timers and you have to choose from one or the other of like you know little small crimes to solve or whatever and that feels like the effect of being spider-man that you have to choose between things and you have to choose who you're going to help you have to choose okay. yeah. if you're going to do anything or if you're going to as i did yesterday sit there laughing because the animation on your if you go on twitter you can find i think a gif i posted this um the animation of, Sp- of spider-man while he's perched on the wall in a certain uh, way looks like he's blowing himself um but oh it's, nice good <laughs> yeah but it's really important it's very important I, I i i commit myself to the academic research on this you know it's but i'm not i'm not kidding i i wouldn't want you on the podcast if you didn't actually if you weren't serious about that i know i know <laughs> but but more importantly than that and far, far more important it the way you swing in the game from building to building feels so much like everything you dreamed being Spider-Man would be. It's just this nice fluid motion. And it's incredible because it feels like everything in the game went into just getting that right and they just sort of phoned everything else in. Because everything else, like, is, the combat's got awful. You know, the walking's mm-hmm. awful. The crawling's awful. The voice acting, except for... The voice acting features like a, you know, dollar store, you know, a, a clearance rack at a dollar store version of Tobey Maguire. Um, <laughs> that's rough. Um, yeah, even Bruce Campbell, God bless him, uh, phoned phoned all his phoned it in when he read for all his recordings. He, there are little tip markers throughout the city that you find, and Bruce Campbell reads all of them, which is great. Except for the well, fact that cool. he's he's clearly like just sitting there, like reading from the cards, like you know, just like absolutely not giving a shit. And who could blame him? Because you're if you're two thousand, you know, Bruce Campbell circa two thousand four. Not not yet coming into that era where the Evil Dead is finally having its resurgence. You're just like oh, I can't believe I'm fucking doing this. But yeah, well, no, and you you haven't really. I'm looking at your uh, your gif of him swinging right now. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good, <laughs> pretty good. But no, I mean it's it's also like you know it was before he kind of leaned into being old Bruce Campbell, like yeah. kind of like crusty and 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 cool. Like there's he wasn't he wasn't you know Fargo Bruce Campbell yet he was yeah. kind of like old Bruce Campbell who hadn't quite gotten used to it. Yeah, but that that for me is also an, an, an that all all of those aspects for me are also an interesting element of like the confluence of what happens with these games. Even like the licensed games where people really try to get it right, which as they clearly did here. Right. Because first first and foremost, you have this weird element of prioritization. In terms of what you want to emphasize in in, in simulating that that feeling, 
Um, and I, I think it, it, the simple, you know, comparison between walking, crawling, and swinging there is clear. When you think of Spider-Man, no one, no one gives a shit about Spider-Man walking. If Spider-Man is walking your scene, it better be for like a second and a half, or else you fucked up your Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, what, what, or, or it better, you better just have it for a second and a half, or it better be like a conceptual Spider-Man movie about yeah. like <laughs> Spider-Man at his day job, like selling bagels or something. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> Michael Haneke's Spider-Man. It's, right, exactly. It's, it's just an hour and a half of him sitting in hospice with Aunt May, you know, just <laughs> feeling very bad. <laughs> yeah, like, or, uh, uh, um, uh, Lars von Trier's Spider-Man, where he has to, he's like, he's just walking because, like, he has a, an execution to get to or something. Like, it's just... The vulture is played by Bjork. <laughs> I, actually, now now you're convincing me on Walking Spider-Man. I don't yeah. think this is what you wanted. No, um, I, I, I have, as always, I undermine myself at every possible turn. But then, <laughs> then from there, you have the crawling, which people do associate with Spider-Man. So you have to have at least usable, which, you know, technically speaking, the crawling is, if you, if you know which direction you're going to go in for sure and your controller is working right, not, neither of which were the case for me yesterday, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine because, you know, you're just crawling up in a straight line. It doesn't matter that... You know, all the buildings have gone all inception around you as the cameras tr- turned itself upwards. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 functional, if if not utterly nauseating. Um, but then, then swinging the one thing, the definitive thing people always associate with being Spider-Man that that free that free fluid motion. Right. They they, they just it, it, it's it's clear they put so much effort into that, and it's it's whether you know. It, the question is whether that, is that intentional to make people not, you know, is this this weird, like, calculated, intentional punishing of the player to make them not <laughs> want to do anything but swing around? Or is it just the fact that most likely this, this, this studio had, like, you know, a really short budget, you know, a really short time frame and a really limited budget and had to choose what they prioritized? And that's, yeah. that's probably what happened, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because, like, there's a way that I think... You know, one of the frustrations we keep talking about these licensed games is that, like, if they get something right, they get one thing right and the rest of the game's garbage. Yeah. Um, And that's if they get something right. And it seems to me like one very charitable reading of licensed games and the proliferation of licensed games, or it's not a charitable reading of the proliferation. I think I think we're right. I think everything we keep dodging and kind of going around, both of us have said it a number of times, and I think we're both right it's just a way to make money the the sort of like you know putting out beetlejuice the game or whatever is a way of saying like maybe people will buy this game who knows from a from a a nascent industry i mean super nintendo and nintendo that's still an industry trying to figure itself out yeah while clearly at the decision like upper decision making level those are being influenced by like craven you know the worst kind of you know the worst kind of capitalism which is all kinds but the the truly worst (laughs) kind of capitalism Good, um, I was about to kick you off the podcast. Yeah, I know. It's, I, 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 I could feel you getting ready to just yank the, yank the uh, mic out right out of your computer. But, uh, I was going to reach through the screen and yank off yours. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we're back to the lawnmower, man. Anyways. That's right. <laughs> um, Game about but me. But the, the people... The pe- <laughs> The people who make these, even if you know it's it's a craven cash, and they still theoretically want to do a good job. Even when, even if when you work at shitty jobs, like if nothing else, to keep yourself entertained and not and not miserable, you you throw yourself into things to to make the make the best you can. Often, and yeah, and that's, that's true. That's interesting the way that plays out with these, and it's just that ultimately the decisions of what ends up actually working out 
is not they're not in your hands at all. It's I mean, and, that, and that's a familiar feeling for me if, uh, for sure because I my my uh, my day job is is sort of like in the ad you know des- design industry from a writing perspective, and you, you know you always approach even like these very you, you all. All the work you do is is mercenary work. It's for people who you know you're doing it because they're paying you to to do it. Um, sure, of course. But they, uh, you know, you still find yourself even involuntarily trying to do a really good job. Um, you know, even even if you don't actually care about the thing you're working on, just because it's weird, it's this weird, um, complete, almost completionist impulse in in that's like pre baked into the American ethic, where if you're not doing, if you are. It, regardless of how engaged the the work is with you, if you are not fully engaged with the work, you should feel bad about yourself. It's this you know this mm-hmm. Protestant work ethic kind of thing that that yeah, you know really it, it 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 has been burned into all of us and will will never fade out so much as how, no matter how hard I try. Um, but it's yeah no and I think it, like, I think what's what's kind of cool about that is like thinking about I don't know it's like thinking about these 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 moments in the games and like thinking about the benefits that come out of it because of course like the benefits of of working really hard in marketing are never like the commercials that you produce but it's it's the creative process and like a lot of really smart people come up with some of their best ideas in working in in commercial spaces like that and and there's a way that like a lot of these mechanics we're talking about in video games i mean again like the hacking in under the matrix or the the swinging in spider-man or I'm trying to think of a good example from a from like a an old licensed video game, but you know the the yeah. the crafting mechanic in Batman Forever, even yeah. that. Like these are these are really smart mechanics that clearly someone took a lot of time on, and they in the era when they were produced, that couldn't just be a game. So they had to find their place in somewhere, and it probably wasn't gonna. It was a risk, so it probably wasn't gonna be like a AAA title. Yeah. So it just finds its way into these weird licensed games that are awful except for like the one place where all the passion went yeah and then it, 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 it's just kind of a crapshoot to see how that works out so i mean and, and the spider-man example for me is interesting because the developers who made it uh I, treyarch like I, I ended up looking into this to see who, who made it see if they wanted to do something else they ended up going on to to just mostly plug themselves into the call of duty franchise uh hmm. making again while the Call of Duty, you know, is technically an original property, it, you know, it's it's mostly just this weird power fantasy slash, you know, military recruiting tool that it's yes, uh, of course right, right that um that fourteen year olds go on to tell each other to suck their nuts, um, but it's it's uh, so important. Yeah, I know it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a cultural touchstone, but um, they, I mean, I think that's fascinating that. The way they responded to their place in the market was just finding this this niche where they simulate these experiences. They simulate, they view gaming, video games as a end of simulation rather as an end, you know, end for exploration or stimulation. Which I think is kind of the schism between when or when it comes to, or when it comes to game design philosophy. What are you trying mm. to do when you make a game? Are you trying to, you know, em, you know, explicitly emulate an experience? Or are you trying to give people new ways to interact with with uh, with a world around them? You know, hmm. and that and that that I think is the real. I think that's kind of like the big thing that divides, at least for me personally, what games I like and I don't like. Um, it's, it's almost. I mean, for the most part, it's almost like always the latter that I prefer. Even even when it comes to games explicitly in the simulation genre, um, you know, 
what I, I don't things I like about it most is are not that I I'm you know pretending to make a city or pretending to make a uh, you know or pretending to you know lead a country to domination or whatever. It's the fact that I'm able to take this format and think, hmm, I've always seen how other people do this kind of thing, but what would it be like if I did this instead? And right. that I think is the same effect with like the light the, the few licensed games that at least work for me, is that. They take the same notable touch points that you have with these, you know, with these uh, um, properties that people know and, you know, already come with a preconceived notion of. And it gives them the tools to engage them in a new way, uh, which I think you know, that and that's when you can accidentally accidentally get some brilliance out of these, uh, you know, things that are just basically, uh, you know, filler by design. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. I mean, it's it's. I think that's a really interesting place to to sort of end up on this idea of licensed games because I think it's very easy to sort of with a lot of things, and I think this is just actually also what video games end up being like, where it's it's extremely easy to just say, yeah, look, like these are just products; they're just commodities. There's nothing special about them. They're just someone wanted to make some money, and so they made this. Like, don't overthink this. Um, and there's some, you know, I, I understand where that comes from and I understand why people yeah. would think that. Um, but at the same point, I think you're right. Like there is a creative process involved and there's someone who probably cared. I mean, in some cases there aren't like the N64 Superman. I'm, I oh, yeah. can't quite convince me that someone's there <laughs> I, that really cares about I, it. I, I told myself like, do I bring that up? Do I bring up like the historically bad ones? And like, I ended up decided like mostly straight away from because like I first of all I haven't played many of them. Like most of them I've like right. read about. Like I shouldn't play that. That sounds bad. Um, but also I guess I'm more interested in the mediocre almost. I guess that's the ones that yeah. That's but, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Like it's not the the really good ones because you could sort of look at them and say like, well, why are they good? And you can come up with all sorts of interesting questions. But it's not yeah. the question we're asking. And then the bad ones, you just say like they're they're horrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> what else can you say? Um, but there are those middle middle ground ones where like there is something interesting going on. There's something you want to enjoy about it or do enjoy about it, even amongst like a pretty terrible game. And I think like your point about I think I agree with you that it is that's sort of the 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 glimmer of a, the glimmer of sort of like creative intelligence working hard um, and producing something that's worth someone's time, even if the game itself is actually just kind of a crass money grab. Right. Now, now, now we've established, like, I think what makes it, you know, work or not work. I think the more, the question I'm really curious, and I don't even necessarily have an answer to, mm -hmm. is, you know, how do you, how do you figure out what to take away from these? Because I, I think that's a problem. I think that's something that people, we on the left in general have to, not, not to hyperextend this video game podcast to, to a, no, no, a way too, to. way too grand point. But, you know, Yes, capitalism is bad, but the truth is, like, because we have been mired in it for so long, or in sim similarly oppressive systems that are all, are still property based, every single way we engage with the world is filtered through this capitalistic model. Even when, even when it's not, you know, even when it's done with good intentions, even when it's done in a way that's explicitly intended to reject the model, it's always done, you know, as a, either you know in cooperation or in response to it, and. I think that, that as a result, that means we can't, unfortunately, we can't just write off cash-ins because everything to some extent is a cash-in, you know? Right. Yeah, uh, that's right. Which, you know, not not to get all, you know, freshman year philosopher on you with that, but it's... Uh, it's No, it's true. It's, it's something, I think it's something that, 
that needs to be repeated again and again, but in different contexts. Because I think it's easy to be like, everything's a sellout. Yeah. And that's not I'm super holding Caulfield. Right, I'm, uh, yeah. 15 but, years old. I speak only in sentences with six, with six syllables or less, six syllables or less. And I'm always uh, I'm, disgusted. <laughs> I'm not a particularly um, good book. It's <laughs> uh, take that, JD Salinger. Yeah, <laughs> failed his failed English composition yeah. at the school I went to as an undergrad. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he they they framed a little uh, picture or a little uh, letter they sent where he wanted he like his. Uh, I guess like his babysitter, his kid's babysitter wanted to go to her sinus and they, he sent a letter being like, I liked my time at her sinus and I would hope you would have like an interview with her or something. <laughs> they were like, this is important. We better frame this. <laughs> um, but um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there is a sort of like dull vulgar catcher in the rye uh, insight there. But I think what you're pointing to is this idea that like, you, you could sort of say it in two tones, right? Like everything's a product, everything's in the market. And then, you could kind of say it again and say like everything's in the market. Like yeah. even the stuff that you think is good is in the market. Even the stuff you think is valuable is in the market. Buddy, we're which, in the market right fucking now. <laughs> yeah, explicitly so. I hope more people put me in the market. Yes. Um, this is a for-profit <laughs> podcast. But like yeah. the the idea of the market then isn't some sort of immediate disqualifier. Right. It can't be. It couldn't possibly be. And so like the idea becomes well okay what makes this thing good and this thing bad and all of a sudden then you're talking about judgment you're talking about aesthetic critique which means that you can't just throw everything out um all at once and i think that's like super important to remind yourself of and remind other people of because it's very easy to get um hopeless and say like everything's awful why even bother right i mean there's yeah because there's a point where you have to where you have to look at the state of things around you and you and, and you have to realize that as grim as it is and but buddy, it's it's as we both know, it is it is very grim right now, especially. Sure. Uh, yes. <laughs> but um, and even even if everything is to some extent artifice, that doesn't mean it's not imbued with the human spirit to some extent. Even this even this pumped out garbage. And I think it's the same reason why we're fascinated with bad movies or with you know weird weird and uh, incoherent movies. Um, you know, you still see some glimmer of 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 human humanity in there even if it's human error you know I, I think that's why like with like you know bad games don't have the same kind of cult following that bad movies have because whereas movies no, absolutely not whereas bad movies you can just sit back watch and, and laugh at it and feel superior bad games force you to engage with them one of my favorite things you know one of my favorite things is uh i remember growing up was a uh, alex navarro uh, doing that playthrough of big rigs uh, over the road racing <laughs> um, and just struggling to struggling to uh, make it work and just you know, occasionally cutting it to him looking miserable. And, and <laughs> I think that for me, it's, so it's, it's definitive as to why these things don't work. Like, you know, they, um, you know, because instead of, you know, whereas you get a feeling of uh, whether it's justified or not is up for debate. I would say it's not justified a feeling of superiority watching watching a bad movie or tv show you don't get that with a game you just you just feel like you have you have been forced to endure something like i i briefly wrote uh reviews of android video games for a site right after college um for this you know crappy little site and i uh yeah i i there was there were and some some were okay but there were some really truly awful ones including one like weird you know outsourced like you know mech fighting game 
that was oh, just cool. completely on a phone, huh? That sounds on really a good. phone. Yeah, it was called a uh, I think Mech Mech Warriors Three or something like that, or no Metal Warriors Three, and it I had say, like it was called Mech Warriors. Yeah, Mech Warriors Three. That would that would have been that would have been good. That would have been great. I would have loved that. I, I would have played that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have absolutely done that. That would I I would be playing it right now. I, sorry, Trevor, I'd, I'd blow off the podcast to play Mech Warrior Three on my phone. I'm, That's okay. I, I'm not I perfect. It. Listen, dude, I get it. <laughs> um, but. I, uh, I, it, it was just this, bro, it, it, it was just this, all the environments, just this weird, desolate emptiness. Yet it also had the gall to ask you for microtransactions as high as $30 in some cases. Whoa. Yeah. So it's, oh my it, gosh. this is a paid game for that matter, too. It was like a $5 game. Yeah. But thankfully, I didn't have to pay for it because it was comped. But it's, uh, uh, oh, it, good. It, yeah. No, it's, uh, it, 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 it just, and for me, that that's the th- oh, I I got so worked up how bad that was I almost lost my train of thought. <laughs> to me, to me, that I think is the reason why you know games require a level of more earnest engagement, which is mm. I think part of the reason why the way we talk about games is so flawed too, um, because you can't separate it into oh this is the idea they were going for did they do an interesting job conveying that or not no it's like did I like playing this game or not. You know, and that's why you get such. I think that's also part of the reason why you know, ga- game culture in some ways is so toxic because people take it so personally. Because a game someone doesn't enjoy feels like a personal affront almost. Because yeah, it's almost yeah. like a relationship you get into that if it, yeah. if it goes bad, you feel like you've invested something in it and you're not getting it back. Right. And people can get people can get weird about that. And compounded with what uh, Matt Christman was talking about a couple weeks ago um, when he was talking about the isolation inherent to to playing video games as a, a yeah. isolated act. You know, if if this is if this is your for people who for who this is their main form of engagement with the world, or with you know for whatever reason, you know, anxiety or, or loneliness or just you know obsessiveness, you know, it, it changes the way you think about what is acceptable, um, and I think that's uh, that's an interesting thing that we have to consider when thinking about why people get so worked up over the idea of a bad game. That's mm. why even the issue of licensed games, like I think pe- even people like hearing me when I open this episode saying, I want to talk about bad licensed games. They're expecting like, you know, vitriolic, like, you know, fire and brimstone shit of like yeah, whatever that fucking yeah. angry video nerd Us guy was. Us making fun of yeah. a million games like being, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. And like, you know, screaming like, you know, you know, whatever scatological like, insults he did. Instead like of, PewDiePie over here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. With ho- hopefully slightly less white supremacy. <laughs> but it's... Just just a, only a little less. Haven't you listened to the podcast yeah. before? Um, <laughs> um, no. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. And it's like, it's... There's a... There's a way that, like, bad... I think there's a way that bad movies... And, and you're right. Because they're, like... They are so passive in that you can have them playing in front of you. And you could go to sleep. You could be awake. They, they're going to work their way through no matter what you yourself are doing yeah um you can engage with them in and say like yeah i'm just making fun of this um in a way that like you can't quite totally make fun of a video game in the same way because as bad as it is you are also right there playing it at exactly the same time yeah there's there's an investment in it you are yeah you what it's, it's an act you have to commit to it's an act you have to you know explicitly participate in which um which is why i think it's kind of interesting the way we've you know video games have become a habit of something you do in the background you know mm-hmm. as well you know but 
to 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 bring it a little to read it in a little more kind of starting to i think get a little too broad with that um it's <laughs> as as far as it goes to to, to to the issue of licensed games i i think it's interesting the way they're viewed as an affront to video games when they're really not that different from the norm there are yeah. some very good ones there are a lot of media there are a sizable number of mediocre ones and there's a pretty sizable number of very bad ones um, and that's that's pretty much similar to the breakdown of, of video games in general. Um, if you if you like, you know, take out the inflation for uh, hype cycles and and you know, yeah, of course, like actually what personal. it's like to play a video game after yeah. it's you know, right? Like if, if, if after if, it actually if, comes out. If you look at Steam, that's... there's so much to sort through. There is there are there are so many games that if you were to to uh, to like seize an entire city and course every single person there to 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 play these games nonstop for the rest of their miserable existences like this horrible you know you know bizarre world version of mystery science theater 2000 where people are you know not actually having fun in the process um, <laughs> you could it. you couldn't you couldn't get through even like a fraction of them right it, yeah. it, and it, and that's overwhelming uh, bring you back to what we first talked like, talk about earlier with like looking at that list of licensed games and how utterly overwhelming was even if you just limit it to like one console period it it's just pumping these things out so fast that you'll never be able to grasp what is actually good and bad and i think right. that is where the 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 insidious part of capitalism really comes in is that by providing all these experience options whether it's in 1991 or you know on your super nintendo or you know today on your phone the idea here, I think, by doing that is to to call into question whether the inauthenticity you feel in this thing that's trying to simulate your experience, it, it, it's, I think it's to try to make you question whether you should be feeling cheated. Um, because if, if the volume of this content is so high and it's so easy to attain it and it's so easy to move on to another one if you don't like it, there is, you get more comfortable with it. I think that I've seen it play out that effect play out with myself as well. I, I love those stupid clicker games. I love them so much because I not only literally have obsessive compulsive disorder, but I, I, I constantly need something to do to tell myself that I am, you know, being productive and I don't have the attention span to, to read on my phone a, a lot of the time. Right. And so, and, and, and you've watched that, I've watched that, you know, devolving process myself where the first time I played one, I'm like, this is so fucking dumb. Why am I doing this? To, to like just watching that strip away slowly and slowly um, from, you know, seeing the naked transparency of the system to, to accepting it, to accepting it as what I, what I do with myself. You know, right now yeah. I'm playing a, a crazy taxi clicker game, which actually is a bad example because it's actually surprisingly enjoyable because it's like rapidly anti Uber and like has, occasional glimpses of, of weirdly okay politics but um right <laughs> cool. but that's i mean no it's, it's but it's not cool though because it, it's still it's still just i mean that's that's a really fascinating example of a licensed game because a licensed game based on a game it yeah, is exactly it is, yeah. it is it is it is taking the spirit of a game that already you could play right now also on your phone they've ported the actual crazy taxi to to phones you could do that but instead it's offering you the option to Simulate what is purported to be the experience of pretending to drive a cab or manage a cab or, or really in this case, manage a cab business. Right. But there is no feedback besides pressing a button and waiting and paying. And that, but that's ultimately not too different. You know, 
you are, you know, it's 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 a limited feedback engagement, but how is that that much more limited to the platformers in the 90s where all you could do to convey how a, a game, uh, you know, convey the themes of a movie was to have your character jump on something's head. You know, it's Yeah. There's there's Well, no, and it it, it goes back to limits and and yeah. and like the the terrible aspects of limits is that are that they they make they make for some disappointing games and the really interesting fact of limits is that somehow around them uh you can still do interesting stuff yeah no exactly i mean and that's that i mean i think my favorite games are the ones that you know explicitly play with those limits as ways mm. to as, as, as something one of my favorite games ever i almost i almost wanted to talk just about this for for, for the time one of my favorite games mm. ever is a, a game called antichamber uh, it came out a couple years ago sort of a first person portal style puzzler um, it's not okay. a licensed game except for the fact that it, you know cribs li- cribs a little liberally from MC Escher, um, but it uh, <laughs> I mean the, 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 it, 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 it's a first person puzzle game in the vein of Portal, where it seems you know it's it, it, it's clear what it's going for is oh you don't know what's going on oh these are you know visual illusions, but it is it's slow it, it slowly deconstructs itself more and more, you know hmm. to. Where to where a fundamental part of the game becomes trying to effect, effectively you know no clip through it. Um, so it's, it's wow. Yeah, no, I mean it's it, it's very it's interesting and I, I mean and for me that appeals as well because like one of the things I loved about games growing up was how you could try to break them. Um, even going back to right, that example, of course, I had of course. with Simpsons Hit and Run trying to jump into the toilet, or the time when I first played Portal, where as my roommates at the time could attest, I just spent like hours on one puzzle trying to do it the one way i decided i was going to do it even though there's a very obvious solution otherwise um, <laughs> did it work i did eventually <laughs> good i'm impressed i'm happy that it worked out that way i did that i did that in um in prey too recently yeah oh, i know it's it's true like games i don't know i don't know how to say it any better than you just did i think you're right like it it's a matter of playing around it's a matter of being um exploratory and it's a matter of understanding that like most 95% of games are not going to be it's not that they're not going to be perfect it's that most games are actually going to be kind of bad and you have to find yeah. what you like about them even even despite that all right and this is where i you know pull 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 off my hat and like lean in very condescendingly um and say just like life <laughs> it's, it's, oh it's, no i know oh no oh no <laughs> but, but but it's true though i mean that and that is, I think, why we still buy licensed games, why we still play licensed games as a kid, even when we knew they were absolutely garbage. Because you know, right. they're, 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 they might be broken and unplayable and not make much much sense, but they still have that one little element of of the magic we're trying to get there. Even if it's just like trying to extend the good memories we have with a certain film or TV show or cereal, I guess, in the case of Chex Quest. <laughs> um, that, that, that one's still really funny to me because it's, 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 it's just, I mean, that's just, that, that is, it's, it's that weird, like, you know, the, it's, it's almost like a proto version of, like, the approach, like, Tostino's is taking to advertising these days, where they're, like, leaning into the naked transparency of it and, like, hiring Tim and Eric to do their ads and shit like that. I think it's, I think it's, I, I always found Chex Quest to be sort of, like, an interesting moment where, yeah. The a company actually really got what video games were and yeah. made a made a mod. Yeah, they did. And like, <laughs> yeah, it was like a serious mod. Yeah, and there there's no connection. There's no real true connection to checks. Like, like the the way they work checks into it is like brazenly. Like, we're just gonna put this in here somehow so we can make it a check theme shooter. 
But it, yeah, it, exactly. it works because because they, they're not they're first of all they're upfront with what they want. They want to put the word checks in front of you, and they do. And second, and, again and again and again and again and again right. and again. And but but they also just. But besides that, it's it's the desire to create a fun experience. Yes, it has the very insidious purpose of trying to take kids associating checks, a shitty cereal, with fun. But it's it's you know, okay. But why checks is fun. But checks. Why would you buy checks in a world where life exists? You could have cinnamon life. If you want to have a vaguely healthy cereal that's not actually good for you, cinnamon life is sitting right there. Or brown sugar life. There are so many options. The world is your oyster. Don't waste it on checks. Anyways, it's... Uh, How dare you? Checks is our sponsor. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, to no, to I mean, the fine right, overlords right. at checks. <laughs> <laughs> it's both. Yeah. Um, we're going to... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think like... I think to sort of like my, my final thought on this, because uh, I just realized we've been talking for like an hour and a half. Oh, wow. My, <laughs> my final thought on this is is that I think like I, I think the kind of ecstasy of, of realizing that there are. I don't know, like it's it's like that drill tweet, um, you know, the wise man bowed his head. There's yeah. nothing. There's no difference between good and good things and bad things. Um like the there there is it's not that there's no difference but it's that there's actually like good things and bad things exist within this continuum where it's like if a game is bad it doesn't mean that there's nothing good in it and if a game is good it doesn't mean that the bad parts can't produce something interesting absolutely um, and that which is like such an art thing i mean yeah. I, I don't know that's how i think about art too and i guess that's why i'm so insistent on like thinking about games in the same way no and i, I agree and, that, and that's a complexity that's absolutely lacking in the way we talk about you know in the way writ large people talk about games it's yeah. treated as a binary which you know aside from the the you know poetic irony of a you know programming based pursuit being treated you know in binary it's it's a problem <laughs> and it's a, oh yeah that was a fucking like xkcd level joke i someone take me behind the fucking shed and put me on my misery Good work. Good Any, work. <laughs> anyways now that i've gotten that shame out of the way i we there's a you know there's a refusal to accept nuance i think in that not because it's too hard or because it's too um you know too complex it's it's it's, it's just it, it forces people because with you know any commodified medium when you are forced to make a sacrifice for it, which is, you know, spending your money on it or doing a chore so your mom gets it for you or, you know, you know, right. pi- finding the right pirate site for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, per- perhaps the least, the least of the bunch. But yeah. I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, in any case, you know, you feel a commitment to it and you feel like it has to... You you want to have a strong conviction on it. You want to either feel validated in your in your purchase and the mass in some cases massive amount of time you spent on it, or yeah. you want to feel um you want to feel a righteous vindictive rage. You want to feel the 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 the, the, the you know clarifying fires of 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 condemning this awful waste of your time. You wanna you wanna you know get up on 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 top of your chair and scream about. You know, to everyone who will listen about how bad this is, and it's almost never between those two things. I can I can think of exactly one game that I felt so so bad about. So wait, wait, tease it, tease it. We'll okay. we'll talk about that game in the in the bonus. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. the bonus. But yeah, there was one game I played. They played a lot of time in because I kept thinking it would be good. Um, called you know, should I, should I say the name or not? You can say the name yeah. and then we'll then called we'll, we'll called the Castle Doctrine. 
you know, because I, I at the time I was a fucking idiot college student. And I thought this 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 Jason Rohrer guy was actually worth shit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> to give you a preview, but I uh, you know, and I invested a lot of time in it. But it was m- morally offensive to me in a way. I'll get into later. And mm. I and that to me is, is when I really just like felt a, a boiling rage at it. Um, but you know, I've tried otherwise to to when I feel upset over purchasing or playing a bad game to. You know, take the approach I take with with a, with a bad movie or a bad book. In that, even though you spent this time playing this game that was made to no other end but to basically act as a advertisement that you paid for, um, for some for some for another thing that you were going to pay for, um, you still have what they can't take away from you is the own personal explorations you get from playing any game, because games, hmm. yes, they are an isolating medium, as Matt said. But they're also a meditative medium, even, you know, because it is it is a matter of just, even when you're playing with other people or having other people watch you because of the way you interface with it, because of the input, you know, the, the direct input you have into what happens there. You you can engage with it in a very different way you, than you can from other art, because it you're you, you when you when it when the game prompts you to feel one way, you can change how you engage with it and it becomes more, you know, and that is where the exploration of games and, and the discovery of games really comes in. It's not in the size of a map or in the, you know, characters and subplots. I mean, it's in the fact that it presses you to engage with the, its it, with its own world on its, on, on its terms, but in your own way. And that hmm. applies to whether a game is good or bad. You know, that is still a challenge you face in every single instance of playing a game nothing there's no relief of that you know even the simplest games i one of the games i played finally finally i know this is running long that i also played was the super nintendo game thomas tank engine and friends (laughs) please don't ask me why i have it all right all right it was my my younger brother's game i swear (laughs) but i see i see okay i believe you not not to play into every stereotype of the dirtbag left but i do love trains (laughs) but it's (laughs) it's it's uh and that was weird because that is actually one of the notable examples of a rare licensed game that didn't it was not all violent because it was just a series of unrelated puzzles and you know very robotically auto uh, you know narrated storybooks and pretty sick ass midi versions of the thomas songs um right okay but yeah. but in that case even then there were these weird, you know, control demands and there were these, you know, weird, sudden, unprompted puzzles. And, you know, it, for, it you're still forced to engage with that in a certain way. Like, there, you know, you have to take these bad or idiosyncratic games and, you know, think about how they're affecting you. And mm-hmm. that is, I think, the things that the reason why I still keep coming back to video games, even when I tell myself, sometimes, oh, I'm wasting too much time and money on video games. I need to stop is because that's something that you know, other art forms can't provide you. What you can argue is that, you know, going in the real world and like hiking or something like that can provide you that. But even then, because of the, you know, limitations of your corporeal space, you can't do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's great. Actually, it's uh, I like I like a lot that you that you described it as meditative and, and that you you brought out this this quality of gaming that is that is, I don't know, unique, unique, yeah. and even even while it is problematic, even while it has its yeah. its kind of obvious drawbacks. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Well, thanks, man. Any any final thoughts? Any any final words you want to get in there? Uh, yes, one final. Okay, first, one one final. Uh, can I can I do a plug? Oh yeah, I was gonna yeah. ask for plugs right yeah. after, but uh, yeah. but uh, if you want to if you want to do plugs, no, first, I'll do other, other plugs afterwards. Because what I actually want to talk about first, more importantly, is what the fuck did you watch that preview for Super Mario Odyssey at E three? Not to make this into not to turn yeah. this into your typical you know video game discussion. It's, it, it's, okay. it's good. We talked a little bit about it. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's 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 fucking horrifying. You're a fucking soul eater. You you throw oh, yeah. your hat at at at, at, at people. And you become them because first, okay, first of all, Mario is human, but a different kind of human. So I guess there's this weird race science going on in the Mario universe. But also, I mean, it has to be. <laughs> I guess I guess Shigeru Miyamoto is a huge phrenologist. I guess or something. I don't know. Um, but it's, <laughs> well, it could just be, it could just be that that uh, uh, maybe he's like uh, maybe Mario is like a uh, someone from a different uh, a different world. Like yeah, different, uh, that's true. Like a. Uh, like you know, uh, like you know, in the like in the Star Wars, you have like how there's Corellians and you know what, everything like that. You know, there's slightly different variations of humans, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe that's it. Yeah, maybe. Um, but in any case, whatever world he comes from, it's a fucking demo- you know, you know, Lovecraftian hell space because he can just he can absorb people. He can become a car. He can. How is how is he not the greatest scourge to 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 descend on New Donk City possible? How how can you how can you how's think he, how's, he's not the maybe he's not the hero of the game man maybe, maybe he's the villain maybe may, Bowser's the hero maybe maybe Bowser's always been the hero he's he's been trying to to claim his own space within the colonialistic mushroom kingdom I'm sorry man that's 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 intense you yeah might be right maybe I'm right or maybe I'm overthinking a children's video game but it's <laughs> no no you're certainly not doing that no but <laughs> but 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 that, but that said who who thought I mean. I guess it's very indicative of the, of the very casual surrealism in all Nintendo games, but especially in the Mario games, of you know taking these games that are essentially aimed at you know a broad family audience and putting these weird elements of almost body horror in them. You kill enemies by stomping on them. You can ride dinosaurs that swallow them and spit them out as eggs. Um, you can possess. You can now body snatch people. Um, yeah, right. You know, it's it's <laughs> right, yeah, it's. It's a little, yeah. It's very strange. You're right, but it's it, it's weird because like it's it's this weird way that Nintendo puts in all of its games of like being playful in the way you engage with the world. It's like, hmm, what are all these things I wish I could do with the world that I can't actually do in real life? I can jump off walls now. Oh, I can spin. I can, uh, you know, fight monsters. Oh, and now I guess the logic extension says I can possess humans and make them do my bidding. Um, so yeah, it, it's just that it's that slip that makes it so troubling. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just like you know, he's it's 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 like he's like a beleaguered dad. It's like you know, Miyamoto's like a beleaguered dad, like driving on a road trip, and all these people, all these kids are yelling in the back as they pump out you know sequel after sequel of New Super Mario Brothers, whatever hyph you know addendum they put on it, in this awful, right. awful two point five D hideous style they do that they're now going to bring to the Metroid universe, um, but they uh you know he it's he's like this beleaguered dad and finally he's like oh okay you guys you guys want to you guys want to pull off the road i'll pull off the road. he just fucking veers off the road and just like into this yeah, like you know cornfield right <laughs> um Ugh. yeah so i'm my, my only note i wanted to make there is i i hope uh to have the nightmares of that game end for me soon but i don't think they will <laughs> it's <laughs> no you, they never will they never you're will. you're done yeah you're gonna you're gonna wake up screaming from here on out yeah no absolutely not uh yeah that's that's that was my only thought i wanted to leave uh leave on there um and what did you want to plug oh 
Yeah, so I mean, this isn't exactly new, but like a couple, you know, a couple, about a month, month and a half ago, uh, my filmmaking partner Matt Honor and I we made we uh, put out a documentary on Chapel Trap House. Uh, but you, and a couple of whom you've the members you've had on here. I know you had Felix yeah, they're, and they're Matt on friends here. of the show Chapel yeah. Trap House, right? Yeah, um, recounting their pretty uh, pretty rough election night, um, and that <laughs> we're, we're really proud of how they came out. That was that was a lot of fun. But the main reason it's I a plug great it, documentary. It's thank really, you, man. really good. The main reason I wanted to plug it is because when I told Matt I was going on the podcast uh, and uh, I, I think eventually I'd plug this, he gave me a note to read that I said I'd open and read on there, and I'm opening it. Wow. It's blank. So that's... It's blank. <laughs> it's blank. <laughs> oh, that's, that's classic that's, Matt Chrisman. Oh, no, no Matt, Matt Honor, my filmmaking partner. Oh, Matt Honor. Okay. Oh, I, we were even talking, more classic yeah, Matt Honor. Even more classic Matt Honor. It's a blank note, uh, but um, he he totally got you. He totally got me. But no, we're, we're, so we're we're doing that, and that's a lot of a lot of fun. And I think we're hoping to have a couple more projects come out this uh, you know, this summer. So that that'll be exciting. Um, nice. Yeah. I'm um, I'm I'm into it. I, yeah, you you definitely check it out. It's a um, it's a really smart uh, it's a really smart documentary. I I. I won't. I won't. I won't bore Donald by uh, telling him why I like it because we talked about it a lot. But it's a. Um, it's very canny, and it. It. I like the the structure, and it's just. I don't know. It's a really smart commentary on, kind of the beginnings of where we're at in, left discourse now. Um, on that night where it all kind of had to be made in a in a flash. It's, it, in case you wanted to somehow experience the unique, you know, simulate the unique experience of uh, reliving the election over and over again, which is definitely not something people do every day as it is. Um, it's, <laughs> no, it's, no, that's something everyone does. People love that. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, man. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, man. This was really fun. Yeah. Um, come on anytime, please. Trev, thank you so much for having me. This was this was a blast. Yeah. And uh, apologies in advance to everyone who uh, heard my mouth get too close to the mic. Actually, uh, that would be apologies, uh, not in advance. Okay. Because it's well, the end of the podcast. Post, post apologies, yeah. Yeah, post apologies. Yeah, well, I'm not. <laughs> just, I, just regular I, I, I wasn't sorry until this moment, so I guess really oh, no. it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later, man. See you See you, man. Thanks.